1: 18 plus
0: hello and welcome to a course of miracles with miracles one and this is one of your hosts this is uh, deb phelps and along with me is gail bartlett and mary dole as our host today we we have some donor guests with us who may want to share uh, but i just want to say hello to everyone today hello gail Hello, Mary. Glad to have my miracle co-host back. (laughs) It's been a little bit since we met last. Hi there. Glad to be here.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here, too.
0: Okay, so I thought uh, today, since uh, we kind of just talked just a tiny bit before we got started today, And I want to just kind of put the floor out there. If there's anything, we'll start with Gail and Mary. If there's anything that's been on your mind since the last time we actually, uh, you know, did the last podcast, if there's anything. I know we're still in pandemic. Here we are uh, recording this um, May the 4th. Be with you. 2020. (laughs) Okay. That's me, the geek, the sci-fi fan. All right. got something there.
2: Well, uh, actually, I just have a small story of of the the beauty of how spirit works in our lives. Um, I have a guide dog named Waylon. He's my 10-year-old dog, guide dog, Black black Lab. Um, And I'm retiring him this year because he's losing his vision, which I don't, you know, I I want him to have a good place to be. So I, I wrote to his puppy raiser, and several months ago and told him what the vet had said about him losing his eyesight and you know she wrote back immediately and said i i'd love to have him back if you're if you're willing well of course i am because she trained him so well and i know she loves him so of course i wrote back and said yes well yesterday i wrote her again and i said i don't know when would be a good time to do the transfer because i don't want you to be endangered she lives in montana i live in oregon so let me know what you think and how that might work out well she wrote me back about an hour later and she said mary you're not going to believe this but i was writing you at the same time you were writing me she says i'm i'm taking the dog i just raised to san diego on the 6th of june and i could come back through portland oregon and pick up whalen well I got chills and tears of joy in my eyes. And I wrote her back, of course, and said, oh, yes, please, Uh, that would be wonderful. It would give me a month to kind of say goodbye to him and and so forth. So that's what we're going to do as far as it goes right now. And what I'm telling you this story is about is simply that if I trust spirit, if I really, really do, things work out. They may not work out exactly as I want them or envision them, but they do work out. And this time it certainly did. So I'm very grateful and that's all I have right now. I'm done.
0: That's very cool. Go ahead, Gail. That was, that,
3: that was wonderful, Mary. Thank you so much. I, I guess the only thing I wanna, I wanna say is that I'm, I'm learning the power of just holding space. And there are a lot of people in my life, both, both here in Chicago, as well as more peripherally, my family, my three sisters in various states <clears throat> who are fear-based. And and the, the theme I've been hearing the most is this, this not being able to interact comfortably with friends and family and have, have larger family gatherings and so forth. And I'm sure all of you have, have had that as well in some form. But I'm realizing increasingly, I'll give you a quick, quick example like Mary did. My, my twin sister's oldest daughter's father-in-law died yesterday, and he was 74, which is almost my age. And he had a recurrence of salivary cancer. It's, it's a long story, which I won't bore you with. But he died yesterday, and his 74-year-old wife, Vicki um, has dementia, and she's moving into Alzheimer's, and so she can't live alone, which feels just dreadful. I mean, it, it, again, it's just such a long story, but Vicki and Bill, the guy who died, and Vicki, his wife, uh, Stephanie's in-laws, have three sons, and Stephanie's husband, Derek, is the middle son, and they're within close close enough proximity where they can support their mom. Anyway, so Lynn was telling us on private messenger yesterday, and then I talked to her for an hour this morning, and uh, there's just a lot going on in the family, obviously, trying to figure out what to do for Vicki, and so forth, um, because she's not, uh, she's ambulatory, but she's She's she can't color anymore, she can't watch TV, she can't read a book. She's very compromised. And my heart was very heavy as as Lynn was telling me about yesterday and the impact on the family. And I thought the best thing I can do and listen with no judgment, no comments, and that's exactly what I did until she had talked it out. And then she can come up with her own solutions, how to help staff and the family and so forth. So I think what I've learned from this coronavirus thing is how can I be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem? How can I assure that I'm not joined in mass consciousness? How can I be assured that I get above the battleground and which, which takes effort sometimes don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not, I'm doing it very imperfectly, but that's okay, so I guess the last thing I want to say is that Mary read the lesson today and it's really a beautiful meditative lesson and quiet I receive god 's word today um, just like I rest in God, which is lesson 109 because I think that brings us back home, if you will and the more I do that and the more I commitment to my I make a commitment to my meditative practice, which I'm doing increasingly, just like you, Revdev, just like Mary, just like all of us. The safer I feel, the more at peace I feel. I'm done.
0: Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that, Gail. Uh, and, and thank you, Mary, for your sharing as well. Uh, when we are at that place of peace, things flow together. You know, like with Mary's story and, you know, and Gail, you know, that more time. That we're spending, then we can be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Um, one of the things that you know I've been thinking about, you know, recently is just the, the blessing of being here, you know, all the time now, uh, like I used to be <laughs> before I opened my office uh, two years ago. Uh, so with that, it It's well, now I've been able to work on some things that I had, you know, in the pipeline that I wasn't working on because I'm trying to run a business. Well, I'm trying to run a business, I'm trying to run Miracles One behind the scenes now as many of you know that you know paul's kind of in the forefront right now and that's one of the blessings i feel is that i love that paul has really stepped up and he's out there and doing the miracle toolbox and i'll have that you know i'll have that out you know a little bit later today but it's really uh, great to see and allow people to shine letting our volunteers shine gail and mary and ryan and you know paul and i Uh, But I I like being able to be in that background now. That feels like a blessing to me. Uh, Also, because what that gives me is that more time to do a lot of inner work. And that's what I've been doing. Besides my coursework, you know, I I was sharing uh, my, um, I won't judge my drawings. I was going to say pathetic drawings, but I'm not going to judge it because that's what we're talking about in the Circle of Peace on Thursdays. It, we're, we're working on the tolerance section this month from the manual for teachers and, and so that's exactly what it is you know right not judging myself but anyway the little drawings that I'm doing for my yoga therapy training <laughs> and you know I wouldn't have been able to do that without this occurring I wouldn't be able to do I'm just about done with my aromatherapy certification I wouldn't have been able to do that without this space and holding that space and I look at it well um, Spirit must want me to complete these things so I can help other people. I mean, that's where I feel that I've been for a long time is to meet people where they am. Yeah, aromatherapy isn't a course of miracles. Yoga therapy, that's not a course of miracles. But I can be the course to everyone that I meet. And that's really what it's all about. Can I have that peaceful presence? Can I have that grounded presence? Can I listen uh, with a, you know open heart? can i forgive when i need to forgive when i see what's going on i haven't even had time really honestly to they even see what's going on in the news but when i do watch it can i forgive things that i don't understand or uh you know feel opposite about in any way and so that for me and then even with self-reflection what ways can i uh, Work with my well being. You know, there's things that I've wanted to do for a while, and finally I had the impetus to do it. And I'm feeling better physically. It's to do with my physical health, and I am feeling better physically within the last, uh, I guess it's been nine days or something like that, and working on that. So, what are some things that I can do so I can be a vessel of love, peace, you know, inspiration? to others. Um, and it doesn't go without tears too, you know, uh, when you're doing your inner work and, you know, I do that, you know, every morning I spend sometimes two hours or more this morning, maybe an hour and a half, you know, in journaling and in doing that work. And sometimes things arise that uh, are unexpected that need to be looked at, that have been pushed, you know, to the wayside Um, didn't happen today so I can't really remember (laughs) (laughs) to share with you specifically but uh, if it comes later I will so with that I want to see I know one of our donors here wanted to share a comment Uh, Bob did you still want to do that yes you did okay and if let me just say before you start uh our other donors if if uh who are guests today, if you uh don't want to be on camera or well actually on camera only the video goes to our donors, but on audio you can always chat some you know put something in the chat box and you know one of us uh, Gail or myself can can read it and we can share whatever that comment or question is too so okay, go
1: ahead Bob um I guess when I was thinking about was a reflection of uh, a friend of mine who, <clears throat> who died recently, who was 90. I don't, know, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard something recently about how the dying have a particular and unique view on life when they know they are at that place when they're dying. Now, I'm not sure I could put that in, but it's more of an observation. And uh, it, it just to go back a little bit of my history, I remember a time when if I knew someone who was in the hospital, I did not go because I was afraid to face whatever they were facing uh, in their life, including death. Okay? And then I got close to a man who was dying of cancer a number of years ago. And I I just decided that, because he didn't have many people, his his family wasn't close to him, I just decided that I would step up and start going to see him as he was progressing through his disease. And uh, I remember... I remember hearing this idea that the dying have a unique uh view of life at that point and and i saw it in him in this man as he was dying he shared a bunch of very personal things with me including uh, the fact that he and his wife got married when world war ii break out broke out and he was Heading off to the Navy and they got married, he was telling me this whole story about how they, how they met and fell in love and and uh, I just thought, isn't that wonderful that if I hadn't stepped up to be with him in, the, in that time, I would never have heard something like that. A very personal story, very unique, and it was his time to tell it as well right? Obviously. It just, it really affected me in a very strong way. And so recently, when this friend of mine was dying, I spent quite a bit of time with him in the last month he was alive. And uh, reflecting back on it, I got the same thing from him that I got from this other man. He knew he was dying, or he knew he didn't have long. Uh, You know, he used to joke about not buying green bananas, you know, and because he didn't, he didn't know how long he was going to be around. (laughs) So, right. And, and that's just what a gift to be around someone at that point in their life. I just hope that I could have that perspective. So that, you know, death is not something to be feared, is what I got out of that. And so I've spent any number of times with people, friends, who have been dying with them as they were going through that process. And it was such a gift. And I know that it fits perfectly into the philosophy of what is in the course about death, not being real. And um, so anyway, I just thought I would share that because it, it certainly fits into today's setting with the pandemic. You know, and everybody's got a story about somebody that's been in the hospital or someone they know who died of it or everybody's touched by this thing. No one's exempt. So anyway, for what it's worth, I just thought I would share that thought. Thanks.
0: Oh, thanks, Bob. Thanks for for sharing that with us. I I truly appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just love that. It, it actually brought up for me, um, it was uh, a few weeks before my father died, before, our, you know, it was like, okay, you better get out of here now kind of thing. And he was on the phone with me and he was telling me all kinds of stories. And this is back in 2007. And he was just going on and on. And he was just talking and talking and talking. And why I say this is because Anytime I called my father in the past, it was, hi, how you doing here? Talk to Ellie. Ellie was uh, my stepmother, his, his wife that he married later on after my parents' divorce. And it was like, he know, he's like, you know, I'm not a phone person. You know, I'm not a phone person. And that's what rose to me when you when you were sharing that is like those weeks before. I swear he was talking to me for 45 minutes, which, which was like rare in all our history and so I can see what you're saying. is like, yeah, because he was, t- I just remember things from his childhood and, and other, you know, he was in the army, he was in Hamburg, Germany, and, you know, and all these different things that, that he shared with me. So it was, it was really an experience. And I'm glad that I did make it out in time. And I re- remember the only thing, by that time, he really um, couldn't speak too much, he had liver cancer from his many years of alcoholism uh functional (laughs) uh and the only thing you know when i saw him i just looked right in his eyes and in my mind i just kept because he was surrounded you know like my all my aunts and uncles were there and you know so i couldn't say oh well you're not a body (laughs) just go home but i did say that in my mind i said you know it's okay to follow the light it's okay to go home um you know you're you 're with God now, you know you are as He created you to be, and I could feel it so strongly between us in that just you know when you really look into somebody 's eyes, like how often do we really do that? Do we just really look into someone 's eyes? How often do we look into our own eyes but that 's a whole other thing too that we that we need to work on but Um, But just looking in there and feeling that love and feeling that connection was just absolutely amazing. So I I understand what you're saying, Bob, and and sharing that. And that's where we see that the spirit is free, right? Uh, The son of God is free. You know, there is no death because there's something so much more. So I'll pause there, see if uh, anyone else would like to share.
2: I this is Mary. I had the privilege of being both with my mom and with my brother as they were going through the process of dying. And in both cases, I I guess I'm very grateful because I having studied the course for many years and also I've always been a person who doesn't believe that death is the end. Um I felt such peace. Um when my mom was dying, my brother was with me, and he said to me he said, "Mary, you're so calm. how can you be so calm? Our mom's dying and I said, "Steve, I know where she's going it's okay and you you know I didn't say anything more than that because he wasn't a spiritual person at all um he didn't he didn't have any spiritual practice or whatever so and when he was dying, I just sat there and held his hand and sort of like you did deb i didn 't say out any, anything out loud, but I kept sending to him or thinking of to him you're you 're loved and you have nothing to be afraid of and um i I had to go home before he actually died, and he died the next day, but they told me that he died very peacefully so i, I you know and during this pandemic, the thing that has struck me is if It's the time for me to go. I know where I'm going to. And I'm not afraid. Uh, I, I don't say I don't fear the process. I do. But I don't fear the ending of the process. I don't fear what it results in. So that's all I have right now. I'm done.
3: Um, You know, Mary, thank you very much, because what you did was solidify how I feel. I'm not concerned about where i'm going but if i'm honest i don't want to die from a dreadful disease where i deteriorate and that may be partly because i watched my young niece die of, of brain cancer two years ago um still hard to get that image out of my mind but what i wanted to share and so thank you for saying that mary because that clarified where I am as well when Ken and, and some of you have heard me say this I don't know about Rev. Deb maybe you have when when Ken Wapnick died in 2013 on December 27th I was I was I was flabbergasted because I had just made the assumption that he would live forever I'm not sure excuse me, it was even a conscious assumption. I just thought this guy is so enlightened and is helping so many of us better understand the course. How could he have died? It was, it was such a shock to me. And I read later on, um, he died of uh, liver disease uh, or liver cancer or something very quickly within three weeks, he was gone And as he was dying, he said to his beloved family, Gloria was his wife, I'm not dying. I am not dying. In other words, please don't be fearful for me. Don't be sad that I will no longer be here in form. And that slowly, his death slowly but surely has helped me to realize, in his case, with my reverence for him, I had made that very special. It made me feel better that he was alive and well until at which time he was no longer. And then it was, Oh my God, that means maybe he was just a couple years older than me. He was born in 44. And uh, I thought, Oh, it brought it back to me and my own fears about death and feeling like maybe subconsciously, If I'm really dutiful and I try to apply the course really diligently, I can live a long life, a long, healthy life. I'm just being honest, which was delusional because as I've read in Ken Watnick's works and when someone is sick and dying or whatever, it was never about the form. It was about what was in the mind and how one approached whatever might have been happening with his or her body. And I don't want to hear that. I don't want to read that, you know, because I, I don't know that I've, uh, not to belabor this, but I don't know that I've fully accepted the fact, like Mary and probably all of you, I don't know that I'm ready to leave Gracie, for example. I'm not sure, you know, maybe maybe my family and all of you, but she would be, <laughs> I know it sounds insane. It sounds insane but she's really attached to me. And what would she do? And Bill loves her dearly, but she prefers me. I, but I, I know that sounds insane because it is, but that's where I am. And what I've learned from working with Miracles One and Rev Deb and Mary and all of you is that you just have to accept where you are and not fight it, but just say, okay, this is where I am. I don't want to leave my dog, but I'm, I'm pretty healthy. I mean, at least today I am. So, okay i'm done let's give everyone else a chance to uh, contribute if they'd like to i'm done
0: yes and if uh you know those who were guests today and if you don't want to come on the mic to share today you can uh, put it in the chat box and uh, any thoughts any questions uh, that you may have in relation to our impromptu, I will say, discussion today. Uh, thanks to Bob for bringing that up today because I think it's a good topic to, to look at as well as, uh, you know, as course students because right now we're faced with numbers every single day upticking uh, all around the world. And, you know, at times I know I've looked at those and like, it's like unbelievable Um, I mean, we are in a very (laughs) unusual time that hasn't really happened for what, a hundred years or something, and uh, something that will be remembered. And how can I deal with this? And I think uh, that's where I go back to our personal practices too. Uh, We can really see how much we, our practice has benefited us, or hmm, maybe I'm better up my game a little bit with my practice and what's going on and uh you know uh, this is why you know one of the things i always talk about and some of you probably have heard me at nauseam is it's not about you know just reading the book right it's not about just reading the book um this one looks like it's very well read yeah of course i've had it for 30 years but that doesn't mean anything those words on that page and I've said it over and over again probably a lot of podcasts where hey if I can't live it from my heart you know that means jack squat really Uh, it's about you know and death is just not about that it's about judgment right it's about the fear all of that is a death to us uh, in that way uh, let's see. Any anyone else? Any other thoughts? We have a few minutes. Just a few minutes left. I want to, to give that opportunity. Yeah, maybe maybe a few words. Okay, maybe a few words. <laughs> manual for teachers. Always a manual for teachers, right? Um, even though we were working on the text, and we'll return to that at some point, um, whenever uh, maybe when things get a little bit more all clear, we can return to that because I want to give that opportunity to bring up subject matter that really helps us in any way. And even the last time that we uh, did that, we had some other people come on, and you know they wanted to share some other things. And of course, I can't find I can't find it. Maybe it's in the um, workbook. This is where I ask Gail to help me.
3: <laughs> where are you looking, what are you looking for, Deb? Oh,
0: isn't there a what is death or something? Um, My mind's in that. There's working. a lesson
3: in there. Mary, what is a lesson? Um, there is no death.
0: Yeah, that's
1: not what I was looking the heck? for.
3: That's not what you're looking for?
0: No, because there's the resurrection and then there's... Page seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's resurrection. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. What is death? Yeah. Page 66 in the manual. Okay. Is that what you just said, Bob?
1: Manual for Teachers 27. Yeah,
0: 27, yeah. So we're not going to go through this whole entire thing, but just so you know, like if you're a newbie and you know, you're like, okay, I want a reference, what can I read about this? <sighs> so it's in the Manual for Teachers uh, 27, uh, and that's something that we can uh, look at here. So, death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. Is it not madness to think of life as being born, aging, losing vitality, and dying in the end? Well, that's what we think here in the world, right? We have asked this question before, but now we need to consider it more carefully. It is the one fixed, unchangeable belief of the world that all things in it are born only to die. This is regarded as the way of nature, not to be raised to question, but to be accepted as the natural law of life the cyclical the changing and unsure the undependable and the unsteady waxing and waning in a certain way upon a certain path all this is taken as the will of god and no one asks if a benign creator would would will this okay so i'm going to jump down to three and he says death is the symbol of the fear of god his love is blotted out in the idea which holds it from awareness like a shield held up to obscure the sun the grimness of the symbol is enough to show it cannot coexist with God. It holds an image of the son of God in which he is laid to rest in devastation's arms where worms. Yeah, you read that right. Where worms, I had to look twice. I think some little gremlins put words in here. Where worms wait <laughs> to greet him to, allow, to last a little while by his destruction. Yet the worms as well are doomed to be destroyed, as certainly, and so do all things live because of death. Devouring is nature's law of life. God is insane and fear alone is real. And okay, well, that's what we need to overcome, right? The last thing to overcome, he jumps over to, you know, we jump over to paragraph six is, is death, right? Without the idea of death, there is no world It's a dream, like all the other dreams uh, that we have, even of what we think of as life here in this world, right? And that's something to really consider and to think about. And uh, as we know, we've been surrounded by so much death every day on the news and, you know, and even, you know, you see different celebrities and like today, Don Shula, the coach of the Dolphins. I hope that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's always like somebody else has died, and and we we look at our mortality, and oh wow, you know. And then you hear people. Um, I I finally heard for the first time of somebody that I know that has COVID or had COVID that they've reco- that they've pretty much recovered now. And it's like, yes, it's starting to touch us. And, and you know, and as, as Bob shared earlier, we're, we're all going to know somebody who knows somebody uh, that has uh, passed because of it. So what can we do is, but continue to remind ourselves that yes, here in the world, we're going to grieve. We're, you know, we're gonna be sad. We're gonna do what we need to do. Uh, If we're with somebody, uh, you know, we're gonna make them comfortable in whatever way, or, you know, right now, a lot of people are just kind of doing it through, you know, FaceTime or whatever, uh, because you can't go in the hospitals, but we're gonna do whatever we can to help people feel comfortable uh, in, in their loss. Uh, you know, by listening, by being there, by holding that sacred space, whatever we can do. Also remembering in our mind. Now, of course, we can't go around and tell people, oh, well, that's the last illusion. Who's going to, you know, they're going to put you in (laughs) psych ward if you say that, right? Uh, But, you know, you don't want to do that. What you want to do is, as I've been saying for some time now, meet people where they are so you can know the course concepts in your mind. But now can I be, can I be a human being and love people here in the world, right? Knowing that that's not who I am. I'm not this body, right? That death is not real. But can I still share the message of love to everyone? Everyone I meet, everyone I see, every news story I hear. Can I do that? And that's something to really consider. So, there's some homework for y'all <laughs> who are listening today. So, read more of that manual for teachers. Lesson, uh, I'm sorry, number 27. What is death? And see what comes up for you with that. Maybe do some journaling with that. Um, come to our study groups, and maybe you want to talk talk with uh, you know one one of our groups uh, about that very thing and uh, so with that i'll check in with gail and mary for any last words and uh, then we'll close up for today
2: uh i i totally agree with you deb it's not about preaching or you know standing on the corner and yelling the world is an illusion it's because what we have to do is first we have to accept these concepts ourselves we can't do a darn thing to help anyone else if we don't accept them for ourselves so that's our that's our our task and um, I'm very grateful that I have the time to to work on that and I'm done
3: yeah uh, I I agree with both of you Um, I guess what I wanted to say is you know we're coming up to a lesson I think which is basically to give us to receive and I find as I said at the very beginning that the more for me the more I can be in the moment even if I'm fearful and the more present I am with anybody I'm talking to on the phone on a forum or in person that is a form of giving and rather than for me to to talk gibberish about how many deaths and all that which I've done by the way i I've, I've done that i have definitely done that gotten into the drama no question but the more i withdraw as it as rev dab you said really beautifully that you've shifted the paradigm from at the very beginning of this to looking at it in a very positive meaningful way where you're getting your aromatherapy certification and so forth So not only am I trying to learn how to hold space and not not just wait for someone to stop talking so I can talk, which I've certainly done too, but it's also shifting my paradigm with Bill working from here predominantly, which at times drives me insane, and I'm sure I drive him insane because he's just down the hall from me. And a lot of times they have to leave the door open so he doesn't get kicked off a Zoom uh, webinar or something. And then Deb was telling me this morning, emails are bouncing back. Well, that we've got two people here trying to use the most advanced technology we have that we've paid for. But my, my whole point is this, I, I think it's just being as present as we can be. And as Rev. Deb was saying, even if we do a a half-assed, haphazard job of practicing, which I do on any given day, it's remembering it doesn't have to be done perfectly. And as Bob always says, I want to make mistakes every single day, but I'm not a mistake. So if I can get beyond labeling myself as a screw-up, Or what's wrong with me? I'm doing the same thing that I vowed I wouldn't do yesterday because I do that. I absolutely do that. Get into drama, melodrama, and all that in my mind, even if I don't say it. So I think it's just keep calm and carry on, which is what Churchill said during World War II. Keep calm and carry on. And I'm done. And I'm so happy to be here with all of you.
0: Mm, Wonderful. Yeah, keep calm and carry on uh, and stay with your mighty companions. And uh, dear listeners, we thank you so much for listening and being with us. Uh, And if you haven't, uh, you know, joined in one of our study groups, we have a study group right now on Sunday mornings, uh, all central times. I'm going to share here Sundays at 1030 a.m., Tuesdays at 7 p.m., and Wednesdays at uh, 1230 p.m as well and we have a facebook group uh, our practical application facebook group and then we also have an email what i call an email study group forum whatever you want to call it and you can find all that information on our website www.miraclesone.org. and certainly if you want to support us at this time we're all volunteers myself and paul you know included uh all the monies that come in help to keep uh servers going and uh zoom because we have a couple of host accounts with that you know keeps all everything going uh that we do so we can continue to make sure that we give as much as we can freely to a course of miracle students all over the world so they can um, deepen their practice and study as well so thank you uh to our donors who were with us today as well for joining us and uh that's little little uh Gift that we give to our donors that they can participate with us if they'd like to as well. So, thanks everybody for joining us today. And as always, I wish you much peace. Namaste.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.